You know how you win the battle? Listen now. You and I have the opportunity to walk in victory, to claim the victory, to experience the victory that is already ours. Because I know I have something to offer. Go where you have never gone before. What you got. Keep moving through the pain. Keep moving forward. Do what you've never done before so you can be the woman you know yourself to be. I live my life playing to win. I'm after something. So much in you. We have the victory. Hey, Purpose Chasers. Welcome to another episode of the Pray, Plan, Slay podcast. And I'm your host, Shante Sapphire. Let's start the show. Today with me in the guest chair, I have Precious K. Williams. Precious is a counselor and motivational speaker based in Atlanta, Georgia. She is also the founder of Simply Passionate Life, a lifestyle brand and faith-based media outlet for wives and moms. As the daughter of two Ghanaian immigrants, Precious holds the worldview that we all must treat one another as neighbors in one global community. With Simply Passionate Life, Precious inspires people to embrace this philosophy through books, events, and motivational videos. Her mission is to educate others on how to practically leave a legacy of passion and dedication in all areas of her life. Precious earned her bachelor's degree in health science at Howard University and a master's degree in counseling at Georgia State University. As a result, she is extremely passionate about education and holistic health promotion. She enjoys exercising, writing, and serving alongside her husband on the leadership team of Blueprint Church. With her experience as a loving mom of three and faithful wife of one, Precious coaches her audience to embrace life's simple moments, emphasizing that every moment is a message you just have to pay attention. Let's welcome Precious to the podcast. Precious, welcome to the podcast. Hi, Purpose Chasers. Not like that. That's awesome. Hello, everybody. I'm super excited to be here as well, Shantae. We are super excited to have you Listen, Precious, one of my favorite first questions to ask my guests is for you to tell me or tell us a fun fact about you that is not in your bio. Fun fact. Hmm. Fun fact. Well, English is my second language. I am from Ghana, West Africa, which is in my bio, but I did not speak English until I got to pre-K. And so uh, just imagine two hardworking immigrants being smacked in the face with the reality of that second language learner and all of the potential speech delays. And look at me now, I'm a speaker and I love to talk in English. (laughs) So that's one fun fact about me. I love that. I think the ability to learn multiple languages and have them and know them fluently is absolutely amazing. So They say when you're a kid, that's the best time to learn. It sinks in. I knew what I learned when I was in high school now. It's just like, um, I know a few words, can't can't make too many sentences, but that's really exciting. Uh, And I was saying my daughter's in a dual language program now. And so we're trying to keep that, you know, system going. (laughs) Yes, 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 yes. Now we know that you are a counselor and a motivational speaker. Now, we, I want to know, how did you get started with counseling and motivational speaking? Awesome. Okay, well, I by trade, I'm a school counselor. So I got my, my master's degree in counseling at Georgia State. And basically, I really realized that I loved watching people interact. I love, you know, I'm big into health education. And that was really what 
avenue I was going into, but I really love the social, emotional aspect of interaction and socialization. And so that's what made me get my master's in that. Um, so I love working with women, especially moms, and as they figure out their children in that crazy adolescent stage of life. <laughs> uh, that's my that's what I do by trade. But what started me in my own personal brand was just realizing that I felt like I was meant for more. I impacted people on the daily, my daily nine to five, but I was like, there's somebody out there that I don't see um, at my job. There's somebody out there that doesn't come directly to my institution. I need to help that woman, that person who wants more, but can't seem to get over the hump, who just seems to be stuck in that discontentment cycle. And that's when I decided to begin become a speaker and started doing um, online content, and the rest is 40 years of history. I love that, because here we talk about how we are created for more. That's literally the name of the course that I have, because so many women, especially, find themselves stuck, especially when they get to a certain point in their lives, right? We get to that those transitional periods. You go from you know, graduating university and then starting adulthood and then from adulthood to right. maybe mom or wife and, and the transitions is right. what sort of gets us stuck. So actually, as a counselor, I wanted to ask you, what are some of the biggest issues that you find that are facing women today? Awesome. I think that there are a good number. We could be here all day on that topic. But, you know, for me, as far as what I help women with is the lack of confidence, you know, where you get to that place where you don't want to transition, you don't want to make change, like that fear of change because of a lack of confidence is something that I see a lot of women um, struggle with, where you get, I feel stuck, I just don't know where to go, and you get in that analysis paralysis. So just a fear of change that it comes stems from a lack of confidence, that's number one. Um, two, health. Finding time to prioritize themselves, mind, body, and spirit so that just that unbalance or that lack of harmony in their health and wanting to be either more mentally healthy or more physically healthy and not knowing how to do that. Those are really two of the biggest um, areas. And then my third is my favorite is like this discontentment, you know, just getting to that place where it's never enough. Nothing is ever enough. Um, you may make strides in one area of your life, but you want to make strides in another area or it's not going as fast as you want. And so helping women see and have joy in the journey is really my sweet spot. Finding out, you know, even if you're not there yet, how can you enjoy where you are? Having joy in the journey. That is very, very important. And I think we lose sight of enjoying the journey. I find that a lot of times we are usually counting down to the next big thing, right? Yeah. So if, for example, we're yeah. focusing on our health goals, we're trying to lose 10 pounds, 20 pounds for a certain occasion. And because we're so focused about counting down to the next thing, we don't actually enjoy that moment that we're living in because the moment yep. that we're living in is probably the moment that we prayed for maybe five years yep. uh, before, but we can't appreciate it. So what does having a joy filled life mean to you? What does that look like? How can we appreciate and have joy in the moment? 
Right. Good question, Shante. That's just that's that's me. That's what you come if you come to Precious K Williams or any social platform, you're gonna find that you, you you will know what it is by the time you get done. But joy in the journey, one, I'm a Christian. So I believe that having joy, trying to have joy without Jesus and without the Holy Spirit is like trying to make Kool-Aid without water. I mean, you can't do it. You can have a lot of sugar, you have a lot of the surface level stuff, but the substance is not there. And so for me, that's number one, working on that soul care. Soul care, sitting down and take an inventory of where you are spiritually, I think begins to, it begins the process. Um, and then after that, um, when you take inventory where you are spiritually, allow yourself to complain. And I know people are like, what? Allow yourself to complain. See what you're not, what you don't like. What don't you like? What's bothering you about where you are? Because that's where you begin to start seeing where you can start investing, being intentional in those areas, asking yourself, what am I learning in that area to shift your mindset around it? So I don't believe that complaining is a bad thing. I believe that having a complaining um, mindset or spirit or continuing to walk in complaining is, uh, can be a concern, but you have to be honest. You have to be, you know, you have to take inventory. You have to be intentional. You have to be honest with yourself about where you are in order to actually enjoy it. Uh, especially when you talk about women in the church, it's always, you get, you know, in the olden days, there was a lot of, I'm blessed and highly favored. God is good. God is good. And I'm like, yeah, I recognize God is always going to be good, but how are you? <laughs> how are you doing right now? And so those are, those are some starting points of how to live a joy-filled life. You've got to be real. You have to be real with yourself. You have to know where you are um, in order to enjoy that part of your journey. You said something that I don't think I've ever heard anybody say. You said, allow yourself to complain because without mm -hmm. you actually identifying the problem, how are you going to fix it? We yeah. do as Christians put on that facade when people ask how we are. I am blessed and highly flavored. That's uh, not flavored, <laughs> favored. <laughs> 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 well, we are the salt of the earth, right? So we must have some flavor, but I am blessed and highly right. favored, but we don't actually have a real conversation. Like, yes, you are blessed and highly flavored, but I'm tired <laughs> or I wish that I had right, right. like, let's have, let's incorporate or let's encourage more community having real conversations about how we actually are doing so that we can fix it right. so that we can make sure that we are actually having the joy that the Holy Spirit brings, the peace that the Holy Spirit brings. Exactly. If you think about it biblically, you know, just a little sidebar, just to preach for y'all for a second. Okay. Come on um, if you think about it biblically, okay. Jesus didn't pretend that he wasn't going to the cross. He didn't pretend that there wasn't a storm on the boat when he was with the disciples. Paul and Silas didn't pretend they weren't in jail. There are things that really are happening. There's suffering that really will happen. And the, the, the word says that uh, when you face various trials, you know, you need to count them joy because they produce steadfastness. It doesn't say pretend like you're not in the trial. And so I think the reality is we have to look at our circumstances and we have to say, you know what? I could use more space in my house. However, God has blessed me with this house. We are we have this house. How can we maximize the space in this house? How can we ask for help? How can I hire a maid? Whatever you need to do to kind of make that situation more um fitting for your enjoyment, do that. But if you just walk around like everything is fine, I'm blessed, I could be worse, it could be worse, then you're never going to really address it. And God knows really what the state of your heart is. And so it's not really about putting on uh, to look like you're happy, um, because you can look happy and be miserable. 
Come on. You can look happy and be miserable. Woo. <laughs> that it is it is so true and, and I love when you were saying you know don't pretend that you're not going through something because we are we are as human beings we get to our, our points in our lives even where we feel like we've mastered a skill and then something happens and we've lost exactly where we've um how to change, sorry, the ability to change with the skill. So always, always, always have that honest analysis of what your life looks like, how you can make it better. Because yes, you may be in the house that you always prayed for, but you also may have realized like, oh Lord, this is, this is a blessing. It's a lot of house. I don't know how I'm going to sweep these floors. This is a lot of floors. Right. Like I, 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 I feel that way now. And I was telling Precious before we got started that as you guys know already, I'm engaged and I'm getting ready to be married in two and a half months. And when this episode comes out, I'll be getting married in, I think, two weeks at that point. And one of the things I feel when we walk around our new home that's that's being renovated, it's like, wow, Lord, this is what I've been praying for. But also I said, wow, Lord, this is a lot. I can't clean this, Lord. I appreciate this, but I'm going to need some help in this area of cleaning because these are a lot of floors and I am a working woman. Right. It's just things like that when we actually acknowledge that we need help and introduce a space where we can receive help. It also stops us from being burnt out because we don't have to be superwoman all the time. So true. That's really it too, because the reality is when we try to handle it on our own, that does alleviate the power of the Holy Spirit. That does, we're not, we're not relying on him. We're trying to be our own Holy Spirit, our own father, our own son. And, you know, it's really important. That's why we do need the body of Christ. We do need the Holy Spirit. And so you said some good things there. I I, I talk a lot about uh, um, being comfortable with being, with identifying your needs. I learned that I can't, can't take credit from that. I learned that from Chip Dodd. He's a huge, um, he's huge in the counseling space about identifying your um, feelings and identifying your needs. Uh, he wrote a book called Needs of the Heart and um, Voices of the Heart. So in, in, in the training that I've done with him, it has helped me to help women identify where they are, realize there's no bad feelings, and then take it to the next level. What do you need? What do you need to elevate that? What do you need to operate in the uh, fruit of that feeling opposed to in the impaired version of that feeling? So um, I've been doing a lot of work trying to help myself know where I am emotionally in order to help women see where they need to be emotionally. Yes. So identify your, be comfortable with identifying your needs. If you can give us three ways that will help us to identify our needs, what would they be? Or to start identifying our needs? Okay. It's it's all back to the same thing about during the journey. One, you have to see where you are. Take an inventory, writing down. I do something called brain dumping. So I have a journal that will be out by this time this comes out. <laughs> um, a journal that you just write down. There's a brain dump journal. So at the end of the day, you kind of write down what happened in the day. Just boop, 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 boop bullet points because I love the idea of journaling, but I hate the actual act of it. Um, so you just dump all those things and then start saying, how do I feel about the things that happened today? How do I feel about where I am? And then what do I need to move forward in that? You know, what do I need to get, you know, past or to optimize these, the, the truths of the reality of where I am. Okay. And when those needs don't always come from you, 
they could come from a person. It could be a place. It can be a resource. Um, I also do a mindset, my, um, mindset meditation, which uh, every morning is I have, I, I am, I have, I want, I need. So a lot of times we just start with, I need to do this. I need to do this. I need, I need this. And you're not even starting off with like, who are you? What do you already have? What are some of the things you want? And now what do you need? What do you personally need to do? Or who do you need to call on to do it for you? So um, those resources are things that like on my website that people can, you know, cue into the mindset motivation or mindset meditation, as well as just that process of filtering out the events of the day (laughs) to move on for the next. Listen, I love those three tips that you gave us, especially starting with a brain dump. And I actually really like your your angle at journaling. I put it down in bullet points because a lot of people are, are always telling us, you know, we should be journaling. But most people, or at least half of the people, don't actually like the process, the writing it out. So putting it in bullet but- points makes it less over as an overwhelming way to approach it just okay I'm just going to bullet point what my day has been like because that might be what works for you I know for me I can start journaling I talk a lot I'm naturally a talker so when I start journaling I'm talking a lot and then I get to a point where my my head is still talking and my hand is like no sis you need a break from writing all of these thoughts so bullet pointing is, is something that I can incorporate and if you've been struggling with journaling or you know introducing it you have a bunch of new journals you start you get maybe past the first week and all of a sudden you give it up think about that that you can incorporate bullet points again listen to the tips that precious has given you with what you can do and help you to help you start living a more joy filled life yeah even with the bulleting it's not always legible like i think the difference between the brain dump and the regular journal is that some people will look back at their journal when i brain dump is literally to get it out of my head to get my mental health clear to be able to move forward to get a good night's rest and all of that and then be productive the next day so if it just says cvs if it just says doctor's appointment these are the things that happened today that caused me to think that caused me to you know that were either good bad they were just highlights of my day um then i place them down that way i don't necessarily feel that i need to like someone is going to read this journal uh 10 years down the line so that helps clarify a little bit of that yes be illegible i know my journal you can it's funny (laughs) when you say that because you know when i start writing it's always beautiful i've I've always been like that when i get down to the end it's like it looks just like wavy lines (laughs) But the point is to get it out, which is which is <laughs> yes. so important. Getting that the, the the things out of your brain and getting it out. Now I know you are passionate about helping wives and moms create generational impact. First, can you tell us what generational impact is, and then why is it important? Oh, since you asked, Shantae, yes, I will. No, um, generational impact is very important. I think a lot of times we look at the lateral impacts we make. So we make impacts with our peers, we make impacts at work, um, even social media. It's like I want people current day to see what I'm doing, right? But then when you look at people that we really admire, what? How long? How long standing is their impact? Is their impact a day, something for today, or is it something that's going to impact someone that comes after them? And so I think that you know, 
when the, the when the word tells us to make disciples of all nations, it's in yes, that's in followers of Christ, but the idea is generational. It's not something that's supposed to stop with your age range. And so as moms and wives, we have that ability in our house. <laughs> and I think that that's the biggest mistake that moms and wives make. I'm just a mom. I'm just a wife. What do you mean? Like, that's like the biggest, most powerful um, opportunity. Not that others that don't have children don't have that opportunity, but you have it. You don't have to search for it. You have little bitty people that you can impact every day. You can spend 365 times 18. I'm going to do that that calculation. Tell somebody how many days you have to impact the next generation with something that you say, something that you do, something that you feel. And it's so important that we don't minimize that. And we don't minimize that impact. So um, I think you asked me, how do we make generational impact and why it's important? So that's the why it's important because you know we have the opportunity to leave our mark and leave the mark of Christ past the years that we'll be on this earth when we're dealing with our children, when we're dealing with our spouses. Um, and then how do you do that? One, you have to realize that you're, you do live making sure that your influence starts at home. Not being the kind of people where everybody outside the house has great things to say about you, but your kids and your husband are like, that's really not how she is for real. <laughs> like if, if you don't know, she's actually not very nice. Uh, she's actually not very joy-filled. Oh, she's such a sweet person. And she's so um, jovial. Oh, she actually doesn't talk to anybody in the house. Your influence starts at home. So if you want to have an impactful life, you want to have influential life, make sure that you, the people in your house will say the same things about you that people outside your house would say. And so that is one of the things that I think that will help a lot of people who feel like they don't have purpose. I don't know what my purpose is or, you know, their Instagram following and their, their YouTube views. Like what about the people who view you every day? The people who are following you in real life, what are they saying about you? The people who are following you in real life. You were mentioning a calculation. You said 365 times 18, that's 6,570 days that, you have to impact if you have children to impact the children in your life. And that just takes them to 18. You know, they come and knock and call mama right. for the rest of their <laughs> life. But at least, you know, for the first 18 years, that is the, the amount of time that you have to show up consistently. And one of the things that I've always learned and understood is, is that children learn at, at home first. So what they see at home is usually what they project when they're outside, when they're at yeah. school, when they're in the community. And a lot of the habits that I have, I've picked up from my mom. And it's absolutely yes. hilarious because I've picked up her her good habits and even the habits that I thought to myself, I will never do that. Here I am doing it. Not that it's a bad yeah. thing. It's just, yeah. it's just repetition. Like one of the things that my mom used to do while we were driving to school, she would always worship and pray. Always. And I remember yes. being a child thinking, I just want to listen to the radio. Like I'm trying to get my <laughs> life with the radio. I don't know why we got to do this every single day, but I got my driver's license and I started driving by myself. And what was I doing on the way into town? Worshiping and praying. So I think yeah. it, it, it's funny that the things that we see definitely help to shape those people yes. who are around us. So if we don't, like you said, show up for the people who are following you in real life every single day, then 
what happens to them or how they develop is as a result of us. Right, right. And for moms, I often tell, I've had to learn this myself, that what we see in our children that drives us the most crazy is most likely something that you do not like about yourself. And so a lot of time that generational impact is starting to realize that, okay, what don't, what are some things that I don't necessarily like about myself and how can I begin to make some, some real transformations in those areas? If we want to see that change in our kids, I can't help my daughter, bless her heart, stop throwing her clothes around the floor and stop trying to multitask. If all she watches me do is multitask and walk around with my hair cut off, like I have to slow down. I have to show my her that I can focus because she's learning that same habit for me. And now I find myself fussing at her about it. And I'm like, you know, then I try to rationalize it or man's mom explain it. <laughs> I need to make it that your mom explain. Our mom explain and say, you know, I have three kids and a husband, so I have to multitask. You don't have to do that. It doesn't matter how many times I tell her that. She doesn't, that doesn't, that doesn't matter. She sees what I do and she models that that's my productivity. I'm productive that way. So she tries to do the same thing. Uh, hers might be with a, um, a a YouTube video and cooking dinner. Um, but to her, it works. And so uh, it's just, it's really important to realize how much of an impact we have for those who are following us in real life, like I was saying before. Oh my goodness. When you just mentioned multitasking, my my, mom, my mind just went to my mom. My mom was is, is the <laughs> chief multitasker. And she is also, <laughs> she will burn the candle at two ends. So this is a bad habit that I mm. have in, in, um, incorporated myself. So being a busy body doesn't necessarily yes. work for it. So it works for her. But about two weeks ago, I found myself flat out burnt out. I said, mom, I don't know how you do it, but this is not going to be in my future because the way my body is set up, I can't. <laughs> I can't, but it's just habits that you pick up and and you, like you said, you see in your children. So what, how do we establish what type of things that we want to leave our children with so that we make sure that Mm. we are, and I want to ask you without answering what I think the answer is, but we want to make sure that we are leaving them with the right things, not the things that, for example, we see all the social media moms doing with their kids. Sister, you preaching. Just you preaching just with the question. Um, One thing, and I was like, ooh, okay, Lord, help me with this answer. And it worked. Yay, thank you, Lord. Um, I can't say that every morning I'm like, this is my agenda. I do have a friend that sets goals for her kids every quarter, like every season. So summer goals, fall goals, spring goals that they have. And it's like spiritually, educationally, and personally. I think that's awesome. And she's a type A person. I, however, am not. Um, But I am a visionary and I'm a pusher. So when my husband and I got married, we made a family vision. And we sat down and wrote a final scripture for us, which is, you know, uh, the outdo one another in serving showing hospitality. And so for our family, we we are known as a family of love, truth, hospitality, and generous stewardship. And so that those are our four key things in our family, love, truth, generosity, and um, hospitality, and, gen- and responsible stewardship. So those four things constantly come through. Are you being hospitable? When we having, are we, are we being, um, um, 
good stewards of our home. So that's how I, I teach that. So when I'm telling them to clean up, it's not just don't be nasty. It's okay. God gave us his home. Are you being a good steward of it? Are we have a, my kids with parent this. We have a model. Everything in our house has a home. So where does that go? Put that where it goes because we need to be good stewards of everything that we have. Someone paid for that, even if you didn't pay for it. This food is not free. You know, like, are you showing love to your sister? Is that the truth? How do you feel? I'm fine. Are you really fine? So we we really use those four tenets in everything that we do. And that helps us as well, because like I said, my daughter's in the dual language program. My other daughter's in the gifted program and she's going to high school. My God, it's all these different things. I have a newborn and I got the love every box and I want her to know these things and sensory play and all that stuff is cool. Like you said, but is it going to make them more loving, more honest, more hospitable? You know, are they going to be, are they going to be responsible stewards of what God has given them? And so just trying to make sure that I use that, um, to help me. The vicious statement goes on to say being salt and light in the world and using that and being led by the power of the Holy Spirit. But that's just something that we have posted in our kitchen. It's clear. Sometimes we have to sit down and read it and say, listen, y'all, we're not really living to, you know, according to this. And it helps me as well to make sure that I don't get so caught up in, do you have straight A's? Are you being a responsible steward? Did you try your best? If you did your best and you got to be, then we're good. If you didn't do your best, then you're not being a good steward of your mind and you need to work. We need to work on that. So it just helps me as well. And that's kind of how our family has operated. Um, and no one has ever asked me that question before. So now uh, I'm excited. I need to do some content around that um, for to help other people make it more tangible. I love I, 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 I absolutely love that because what God puts in you for a vision for your family is for your family. It doesn't have to mirror mm-hmm. what anybody else is yeah. doing with their family. God knows the husband that he's given you, the type of children that you have. He knows the people that you will impact as a unit. So you have yes. to make sure that you seek him first. I love that you said that when you got married, you found a scripture for your family. And then you have these four pillars that your family will represent. And that's the guideline on how you are teaching your children. That is so impactful and something that we can go to God with at any point in our lives to ask like, okay, Lord, I'm going into, for example, I'll take myself for example, God, I'm going into marriage. What do you want this family to look like? What do you want um, us to portray as a unit? What do you want this marriage to look like? And even if you're at a space where you have been in your marriage and you feel like this is, you know what, this is a great idea. I think we skipped a step. It's never too late to go to God, to let him guide you, to let him give you what it is that you need. It's it's that constant communication with him because at the end of the day, we can give you advice. We can give you tips, but listen, the chief tip giver, (laughs) the chief instructor is God is the Holy Spirit. So you need to make (laughs) sure that you're in constant communication and with what, with what you need, even even with what you put around your house, I loved when you said that you have scriptures in your around your house and in your kitchen. That's yes. something that is really important to me. I've already started buying up these photo frames that have scriptures in it. I'm like, Lord, I don't know where they go, but they're going to go in here somewhere. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah. When I went to a house that I was praying about early on, I, w- I remember going into the house and I knew it was a place where God reside. When I tell you the way mm. 
the feeling you got when you walked in the house, but the scriptures that were placed around the house beautifully, like just subtly, like you, as, as soon as you walk in, you just knew. And it was everywhere. And that really spoke to me. And, and th- that's the sort of the impression yeah. that I want to leave. And somebody leaves my house like, ah, oh, the Holy Spirit lives here. Okay. This is a place of peace. Yes. yes yeah. I yes, do that. I, can, I, I got chills right there. Yeah. That's what I do. I do that with my office. And it's funny because I am a lawyer by trade. So we have very rough personalities um, in the office. Like when I say some of my personalities in my office are rough. But when they come in my office, guess what? <laughs> There's peace. And they kind of, they come in my office and they yeah. simmer down. <laughs> like, what can I help you with today? Yeah. So it's, it's, it, it's yes, to yes. have that, that conversation with God and ha- have him guide your family. Now, that's precious- so good. That's so good. And what I was thinking real quick, what I was thinking when you were talking is that for women who are, mom- who are wives that are not moms, we have been put into a family. And that is the body of Christ. And so don't think that you no longer have a family to impact, you know, like having that family vision can still be, you know, before we had our small children, we've always had my oldest, but before we had our small children, you know, we would have a a day each week that we opened our home to let people, even singles or college students, anybody come over to hang out. That was our hospital, our hospitality day, you know, and we, we knew that. And now our kids know, like, that's the day people come over and we, we welcome those people in our home. So as a woman, even if you're single, don't feel that you don't have a family to impact for generations. You do, you know, you can still make generational impact by making disciples of the girls or the young people at your church, by how you steward the relationships you have with your brothers in Christ. Don't feel like, oh, I don't have a family. So I'm about to cue out on this. No, you do have a family. You've been put into a family. That's the body of Christ. And you can still impact them for generations, even if they're not from your own womb. So I want to say that for my other sisters. I know my business coaches are always like, I know, you know, you want to niche down, but I do have something that I think is important for all women to realize that we can make generational impact, even if they're not your biological children. I absolutely love that. And I love that you went to, even if you're single, because Some of the things, some of the things that we should work on, the perfect time to work on it is when you're single. Mm -hmm. So you have that habit for when you, when God sends your mate. And um, so let's talk to our single sisters for a minute. How (laughs) would you encourage them to make sure that they are? living joy-filled, passionate lives? Mm. That's actually one of my favorite, I like outside of my brand, that's one of my favorite personal things to do. Like my friends would tell you that I'm always like, girl, you single? Let me tell you. Like, and so I think one thing is like, it's still looking at where you are. What is the beauty of where you are? What's the lesson in, the, in the, the meaning of the moment? I believe that every moment has a message you have to pay attention. So where you are right now has a message for you. Pay attention to that message. Are you being a good friend? Because being a good wife is pretty much being a good friend. Do you listen well? Do you make space for people, you know, when you don't feel like it? You have to start practicing that because when you're married, you might not always feel like listening to somebody's day, okay? But you have to do it because... That's what God has called you to do. And you want somebody to listen to your day when they don't feel like it. So are you making space for your friends and your family members 
now? Or are you one of those people that go MIA for a few weeks and then no one can find you? So I think it's really looking at how you, who you want to be in a partnership and doing that and living it out right now. Um, and then look at the benefits of your season. Like you have, you can sleep late. You can wake up, you can go, you can sleep in late. You can stay up late. You can travel whenever you want. You can not travel whenever you want. There are beauties of being in that season of life as well. So what we talked about before, if you're constantly waiting or counting down to the next phase of your life, you're going to bring that same spirit of discontentment into that phase of your life. I don't look back and say, I wish I was single. Not one day. Because when I was single, I, I traveled to Jamaica. I went to London. I went to the Bahamas. I went to San Francisco for a Beyonce concert. Like I did, you know, those things. You know, I did mission trips as well for the same folks. I did all the things that I felt like God was leading me to do at that time. And I was a good friend and a good sister. And I stayed up late crying with people when they had a hard time because I didn't have to put a kid to bed. You know, I used the time that God gave me to be a good steward. And so now I'm like, that was a good season. All right. I'm not, you know, I'm not lacking anything. I'm glad that I don't have to go. I don't go to the club now and I don't miss it because I did things that I wanted to do when I was single. So uh, for me, I just really try to tell women succinctly. And realize the meaning of the moment you're in. Be a good steward of that. Cultivate those person, those traits that you want to have for the rest of your life, and live it all the way up. Because you're gonna have to bring that same spirit of enjoyment and uh, passion into your next season too. You don't want to be looking back and wishing you would have done more in your past life. If that makes sense. Yes. Don't rush to pivot out of the season God has you in. If you don't yes, find that joy, was, that's it. <laughs> if you don't find joy in that season while you're in it, let me tell you, when you start pivoting out of it, you're gonna wonder, wait a minute now. There's some things I wish I I, I did. So enjoy yep. it. Like Precious said, I I and we talk about this in February. And if you guys didn't catch that episode, um, we have two episodes on singleness in the first two weeks of February. So definitely scroll back, but there is purpose in your singleness. And one thing that I also enjoyed when I was, or yeah, when I was single is traveling. I traveled and I traveled. I did mission trips. I went to India and Thailand to volunteer. I went to conferences. I invested in myself a whole heap because I didn't have any other financial obligations except for me. So enjoy right. it. Enjoy it. There is a time yes. for and a season for everything. Uh, and God knows what you need. So when you maximize your single season, then when you when God is ready to send you into the next season, you're like, oh, I'm ready. I've done everything I need to do. And now exactly. God teach me how to maximize this next season that 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 you have for me. Exactly. So precious. Exactly. I, well, you said something really good about that. That's really good. Yeah. What were you gonna say? No, I was saying that was really good. Yeah. <laughs> no, I was just saying that was really good. <laughs> yes, 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 yes. And um precious. We, I have really enjoyed talking to you. We have covered it. We have covered it for the moms. We have covered it for the wives. We have covered it for the singles. 
I have enjoyed talking to you so much. And I definitely, definitely look forward to what you have coming next. I want to thank you for being on the Pray Plans Late podcast. And of course, ask you to share with us where we can connect with you, all your social media handles and your website. Awesome. 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 I've enjoyed it as well. It's been great. Um, helping me get out of my postpartum, you know, I have a newborn, uh, not newborn, a, a young infant at this point. <laughs> and so I'm just getting the little rust off of me, uh, meeting with you today. So this has been awesome. Um, you can find me at precious K Williams everywhere. Uh, precious K Williams on Instagram, um, simply passionate life on Instagram as well. That's my lifestyle brand. My website is simplypassionatelife.com and potentially preciouskwilliams.com will be up by the time this comes out. If not, uh, you can always find me at simplypassionatelife.com. And that's it. Those are, I'm just Precious K. Williams and Simply Passionate Life everywhere on the internet. Yes. Yes. And of course, as you guys know, I will put all of her details in the show notes so that you can connect with Precious. Precious, thanks again for being on the show. All right, guys, thank you for listening to another episode of the Pray, Plan, Slay podcast. We hope that you have enjoyed this episode. Be sure to like and subscribe. And also be sure to leave a comment, leave a review. Let us know what you're thinking. Let us know what you liked from this episode, what you like from the show. And you can also follow us on Instagram at Pray, Plan, Slay podcast, or you can follow me, your host, Shantae Sapphire, at Shantae Sapphire on Instagram. And the podcast is also on Facebook at PrayPlanSlay.com. We're on Twitter at Shantae Sapphire. All that information will be below in the show notes. Thanks again for joining us.